Welcome to another edition of the Leadership Series, sponsored by Lympha Press. I am Brenda Viola, and it is my honor to interview the leaders in lymphedema, lipedema, CVI, and wounds. And it's an especially wonderful privilege to interview someone who I've been fortunate enough to really get to know, not just as a leading researcher and clinician, but as a friend. Dr. Karen Herbst is the Chief Medical Officer for Lympha Press, but she has many different roles, and she is the preeminent name when it comes to lipedema research, patient advocacy, and of course, the standard of care. But I'm telling her story, and I should let her tell her story. <laughs> Dr. Herbst, how are you today? I'm good, Brenda. Thank you so much for letting me be here with you today. It's so much oh. fun. It's always fun and it's always it wonderful. And my first question, I ask the same questions of everyone in this series. What is your background? So I'm primarily European, Scandinavian and German. And I went to undergrad and I had no idea what I wanted to do until my senior year where I took a course in cell physiology, fell in love, got my PhD. Then I moved to Utah for a couple of years for a Howard Hughes Medical uh, Fellowship. And then I'm like, I, I'm 30. I want to go back to medical school. So I went to medical school at Rush University in Chicago. I did my residency, my internship, and my one year of my residency at University of Washington in Seattle. Then I went into an endocrine fellowship for a year. Then I went back and did a chief residency. Then I finished two years of my endocrine fellowship. And then I got my first job at Martin Luther King Jr. Medical Center in South Central LA. Most people when they are in school are looking at the end game. When can I get out of school? And you, <laughs> I guess you could just say you are addicted to learning. I am addicted. I'm a lifelong learner. And my brothers were like, oh, it's cool. You just need a law degree and an MBA. You're done. <laughs> it's like the greatest of all time. You, you've gotten everything that there is uh, to achieve. But when did you fall in love with the focus that has been really your trademark? Mm -hmm. Understanding lipedema and adipose tissue and loose connective tissue disorders and, 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 and yeah. So I have been fascinated with fat since I was a little kid and I would watch ladies in the grocery stores. They picked fruit and vegetables and their fat would hang on their upper arm. And I thought, how does that happen? And then I would look at mothers and they would have the exact same shape as their daughters or a man will develop abdominal obesity, but his legs and arms will be normal. And I, I could not find a place for myself. And I, in medical school, I'm like, what do, I, what do I do? What do I go into? How do I, how do we get intimate with that? And I almost went into surgery, but I decided to go into internal medicine and then endocrinology because um, you get to work with people who have issues with obesity and really get to dig. And that's where I found, and in my endocrine fellowship, that's where I found lipodystrophy. And then from there, it just exploded. That was in like in 2000 when, when I really started working with my mentor at University of Washington, John Brunzel. I would give a shout out to him, but he has passed on and that is a, a huge loss for the lipid field. He was a great guy. And what did he do that so impacted you? He, anything that I came up with, he got excited about. He was, he was definitely into fat and, and lipodystrophy and just weird fat. And I said, look, I've, I got this, this person and they have different fat. And he's like, go for it. 
go for it, figure it out. And he provided me papers and um, a sounding board. And he was just, he was a brilliant man. Isn't that really the signature of any great leader? Someone who inspires you and is sort of the wind beneath your wings to say, go for it, pursue it. We yes. thank him for what he did. Yes. Yeah. So many yeah. people are benefiting as a result. So my next question is what led you to your current role? But honestly, you wear a few different hats. One, let me go through one. One is chief medical officer for Lymphopress. How did that relationship happen? And how did that lead to your current role with the company? Well, I, um, ever since I met women who had lipedema and other people who had swelling issues, I've been using sequential pneumatic compression pumps or pumps. And I, I mean, I will say Eric Ansart <laughs> really uh, just such a great guy and so smart and just so like, you know, when someone is supposed to say something a certain way and they do it perfectly, that's Eric Ansart. I mean, that he, he's just, that's just the way he is. And um, he and For I, those who don't know, Eric Ansart is the president of Lympha Press, and I've had the privilege of working him for over a decade, and I couldn't agree more. It's not just about the sequential pneumatic compression pumps, though, when it comes to Eric and when it comes to Lympha Press, because I know personally, it's about a genuine care for these yes. patients. Yes, he really, really cares. He really wants to help. He really wants to promote research. And, you know, that that really got me when he said, you know, let's do let's do a project on lipedema, a research project on lipedema. And, I, you know, like it's where you push everything else away. You're like, OK. <laughs> and so here I am. And I, I've really learned a lot about from Lymphopress about how you know, you have to work with insurance to get pumps and the ins and outs of that and how some patients, it's really difficult for them to get a pump and how other patients just benefit incredibly from a pump because they have no access to other care mm -hmm. and they, you know, they, it saved their lives. I mean, it, that's why. Yeah, I think the most gratifying thing about working with these patients is when they get the quality of their life back or it improves their mobility, decreases their pain. I agree. So that's one of your hats is your role with Lymphopress for which we are so grateful. You are wearing a white jacket that says total lipedema care. So tell us about that role. So I'm, uh, I see patients at total lipedema care. And I also with uh, Jamie Schwartz, we started a research organization called FACT. And we, um, our goal is to do, is to continue to do research along with patient care. I think that's how we're going to move the, continue to move the field forward. And um, Jamie's doing some really cool stuff in the OR and just learning a lot. I, you know, I get these phone calls and you hear the boop, boop, boop. And they're like, we got to show you something. And usually it's something just, you know, like amazing and striking and confirming and um, interesting. And you just want to know more. And, it, it, you know, with that, it's that interaction that I've been looking for, that I've wanted is to be in the OR and see what the tissue really looks like, what's really going on. And he's got some amazing pictures. We should do like the lipedema surgery picture book. Mm. Well, he was recently, and this is a great segue to the fact that you also are the chief 
host and moderator of the Research Roundtable, which is sponsored by Lympha Press. That's the first Monday of every month for clinicians only. And Dr. Jamie Schwartz was our guest for June Lipedema Awareness Month, shared some amazing video that was very graphic and so important for anyone who has the misconception that lipedema fat is just regular fat. You can see clearly the difference. So that's a wonderful partnership. And what I love about the research roundtable is I watch you get excited by new information because it is like catching lightning in a bottle. We have mm -hmm. leading authorities in every kind of topic area from fibrosis to imaging to surgery. We've had Dr. Wei Chen and we've had Dr. Schwartz and Karen Ashworth is your co-host. I see you sort of almost forgetting that there's an audience out there and you just, your brains and engages. What happens to you during the research roundtable? I find it to be the opportunity to have a conversation and pick somebody's brain who really knows a lot about a particular topic. And, you know, you can read what they have written, but papers take a long time to get published. And in the meantime, they're already on to something else. And they tell us about that something else. And that is just, you know, it just takes you into like, oh, I'm going to be looking for this. Oh, I'm thinking about this. Oh yeah, you're yes. right. I, and I love that. I just love to be riding the wave into the future of, and it's going to be, it's going to be huge because fat is a big deal. You know, yeah. fat is a connective tissue. It connects to every other part of our body. It does so many different things. And there's also fat in the brain and around nerves. And now we're talking, you know, Wei Chen was talking about how um, they're going to be actually working with the lymphatic system to improve dementia. I mean, that's like amazing. And so, and how it could be connected to so many other disease states there have been no answer for no yes. answer for so this is you're right it's like riding a groundbreaking yeah groundbreaking stuff and we hope that anybody watching who is a clinician it is for clinicians only please register for the research round or scientists or or you know like if oh in, totally in the healthcare field if that yeah you know, if you want to find out what's going on in the field and what people are thinking it's the place to be it is the place to be. And we're so glad that you are anchoring it for us. Um, so what about you personally? Mm -hmm. You're involved with so many different things and the lead author of the standard of care for lipedema in the United States. But what is your mission and what are your core values? Wow, my mission is to truly help people just and I, I describe it as I, like, if I am to see a patient, I have an hour, I have one hour. And my goal during that hour is to figure out what they, what's going on, like, what is going on? What do you have an issues with? What do you need help with? And then I also have other ideas. And then, you know, I do everything I can just to, to provide them the next steps. Okay, do that, you know, what about this? You could try this, you could go here, I'll give you an order here and just kind of put things in place and they can take that and then, you know, figure out what they want to do, giving them the tools to take care of themselves. Cause I, I'm their partner and I say, I work for you, mm. you know, I help you, but you're the, you're the driver. It's not, um, 
you know, you're the doctor, you make the decision. That's, that's just not how I view it. I view it as, you know, we're partners at, at, but we're all, but I also, I'm there to encourage you to make your life better and help you make your life better. And I love figuring stuff out. I just loved someone comes in and they're like, I, I have this and I'm really, you know, I don't know what to do. And I say, you know what, actually, I think you really have this and this is what you could do to try. That's, that's like, oh. and for them, that's like, oh, because what I hear from patient after patient after patient is I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt like someone cared. This is a condition, particularly when we talk about lipedema, that is prevalent, but often underdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And to know that someone of your stature and your, your passion to figure it out is on the case and caring about patients it means the world and it's given hope to so many. You know, I remember when we started, we're just celebrating our third anniversary of the Lipedema Patient Roundtable, third anniversary. I and I remember when we started one time, you just showed up on the screen and there was a collective gasp in the audience and from our panelists, Dr. Herbst gave up time on her Wednesday night to be with us and it's because you cared about the patients. I remember you saying to me after, it's a great opportunity for me to hear them mm -hmm. and to stay with my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the patient population. Yeah. So my next question is, because there are two audiences that watch these videos in the leadership series, patients and clinicians. What do patients need to know about your work and about what's happening with lipedema? I would say with my work, I just, I, I learn from every patient. I really do. I want to do more diagnostics on patients while they're there. And that's something that we're working towards, but we need a medical assistant. If anyone's out there and wants to come to the practice <laughs> and I would like to grow our practice and educate more. And so every, you know, when everyone comes in, they, they're all, they all become part of, of education. They all become part of awareness. They become part of research because they go into my brain and I see things that give me a hint of the next step. And, but also in my work, I I'm connected to so many different people. I have colleagues in Spain. I have colleagues in Sweden. I have colleagues in Italy and we work together because the more people, the merrier, right? The more good brains working on this, the better. So when when you come see me and work with me, it's it's a big connection to a lot of other really smart people. Excellent. Well, everybody wants to work with you and they can find you via Total Lipedema Care based in California. Um, is there a contact information that you would want to put out so people who wanted to connect with you could? Yeah, I could put out my email. Sure. Yeah, drherbst at totalipedemacare.com. And Perfect. they can always call our main number, 310-882-5454 and leave a message and I will get it. Perfect. So mm -hmm. now the next question is our second audience population, which are mm -hmm. clinicians. What should clinicians know about your work and about lipedema? Uh, I think what clinicians should know is that it would be a really good opportunity if we could work together on a patient, 
Because I think working, having the primary care giver, primary, primary health care provider in on the plan just makes things happen and move forward and increases education because you have to talk to them about lipedema and they need to talk to you about lipedema and the other issues that are going on. Again, I, I usually have an hour with a patient, but then they go off and their PCP sees them a lot more often. So it would be nice to do more talking more phone mm. calls, more Zooms or whatever about a patient. Mm. Good. That's what I'd like them to, to do. <laughs> and I'd like to do it more. It's just, it's a timing thing, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to, you have to make your salary, you know? So it's a, it's a balance. It's a, it it's a balance. a balance. And how do we make it easier? That would be another platform where providers could interact on patients. <laughs> Right. Office hours kind of thing. Office hours. Yeah. Mm, we'll stew on that just a little bit. Um, one of the things that I'm sure inspires you to keep going are the success stories that you've had in your career. Mm -hmm. Can you think of one that stands out as one of your favorite memories, whether it's working with a patient or working with a clinician success story? Yeah, I, I, uh, I have a, a few but um, on the top of my head, I had a patient, I think he was from Utah, but he came to see me when I was working at the University of Arizona and I gave him recommendations, which he did. And he modified his lifestyle a little bit and came back and we kind of bartered back and forth on the next step. And then he came back again. And he said, you know what? I don't think I need to come to see you anymore. And I said, I hope I never see you again in, in the very best of ways. But he had felt good enough that I wasn't needed anymore. Oh, that's great. Which is amazing. And, you know, he, he had a rare disease of his connective tissue. And he had lumpy, bumpy, painful fat, and he was good. Which is an interesting example because we mostly think of women when it comes to lipedema. Would you mm -hmm. say this diagnosis wasn't lipedema, but it was related in that it was a fat disorder? I would say it was definitely related. I, I have women with lipedema who have angiolipomas. I have women with lipedema who have lipomas. Out of St. George's in London, they identified a gene associated with lipomas in women with lipedema. So I think if we, we should not say, oh, this disease is not lipedema, we shouldn't study it. Mm. We should say, oh, hey, let's juxtapo juxtapose lipedema against this. And maybe there are some similarities. And uh, Sarah Elgadban and I actually showed that there was angiolipoma-like tissue in lipedema tissue. And at first we missed it. And then I was looking at one of the slides and I was like, what's that? And I said, oh my God, that looks like an angiolipoma. And so we went back and we looked at all of our slides again, all of them. And it was about 33% of women with lipedema had angioma, like angiolipoma, like tissue. And so the connection's there. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I uh, and, and, and a lot of these connective tissue diseases are rare diseases. And when you study a rare disease, you tend to learn a lot because it, it's an extreme. And I think, the more we learn about rare diseases and the extremes, the better we can then look at, you know, regular fat tissue or lipidema fat tissue and figure that out faster. Figure so, it out faster. Figure it out faster. Okay. That might be the title of this interview. 
<laughs> I'm always looking for the nugget that is the title of the interview. Yeah. So, so I have to say, when it comes to success stories, mm -hmm. for someone who has observed your career, mm -hmm. the standard of care for lipedema in the United States would have had to be at least somewhere on your list because yeah. for so many patients, it has been a lifeline to treatment because they can walk into their physician with the standard of care. It is sort of the emperor mater, the validation of the reality of this condition and that there are treatment options available. What did it take to pull that together? And certainly it was a success. Yeah, it didn't take a lot. Well, it wasn't that hard to pull it together. I applied for an NIH conference grant and I got it. And then I asked people if they wanted to come and they said yes. And pretty much everybody paid their own way. And we met at the Fat Disorders Resource Society conference. And for two days, we did a full day and then we did a morning. And then we wrote, everyone just wrote, we wrote, you know, garbage at first, just boobity boop. And then you just change that into, well, what, you know, the final outcome, which I do think it's been a really important paper. It's been read by a lot of people. Um, we are thinking of doing it a, a, again, revising it next year. We need some help and support to do that. And um, there's been a suggestion to change the name because it's um, it's really a, a clinical guideline and make it more of a clinical guideline. Like this is what you do clinically for lipedema, and this is why you do that. And, and, and there's been so many publications that it really is actually outdated. You know, research is always evolving. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. Yes. But it really was a landmark in the history of accomplishments for lipedema patients, particularly to have something that they could hang their hat on and yes. walk in with and knowing that it is going to be continued to be revised. Hey, we're continuing to learn every yes. day. So of course there would be revisions. Of course there would be updates. And that's actually exciting. We'll have to come back and see how we can support you with that. So yeah, and, there, and I will say that that publication actually made a difference um, across the world. There are so many people waiting for that. And when it came out, they're like, good, now you're done. And they, they it's a, a tool for them to get continued care in their country because everybody needs support for this and they do too. So having something from us was important for them, especially in the UK, but also in Italy and in mm. Portugal and in Scandinavia and, and in Germany. Although there are some people in Germany that point out flaws in our paper and I'm all for that, you know, bring it on. We're, we're you know, it was our first one. We're only going to make it better. And I think that um, some of the people who criticize it are going to find out that they may be wrong and that we were right and, and vice versa. And that's, that's what research is all about. And that's how you know that it's not about ego or trying to prove who's right. It's about trying to reveal the truth mm -hmm. because it's the truth that helps people and solid answers. One of the things we've learned with lipedema too is everything's not one size fits all in terms of therapies, treatment, diets, all of those things. We always tell the patients, you know, listen to your body. Don't just say, because this person did that and it worked, don't 
be disappointed if it's not the answer for you. There are a multitude of treatment tools. And for many of these patients, it's almost a part-time job taking care of their condition. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we love is linking arms with those patients and supporting them on their journey. And we're so grateful to have you, Dr. Herbst, on our team here at Lympha Press to help those patients because you genuinely care too. So with that, we're running out of time. What is the one takeaway you want to leave with our audience today? I would say that a big goal of mine is to get other people interested in, in doing research in the, in these areas and especially clinicians. And we'd be great to have other clinicians that had expertise in this area. And I'm talking about the young, you know, the younger generation, because there's a lot of us um, established providers that are going to retire and, you know, we need the new generation to to take over and to go well beyond what we were able to do. So I really encourage people to, um, you know, they can contact me, they can contact Total Epidemic Care. There are other um, folks that we could connect you to in order to learn about these diseases and make it part of your practice. Thank you so much for your time today. As always, it's always a privilege to speak with you. And the purpose in doing this series is because, you know, we see standing behind a podium or on a webinar or your name attached to a study, but the goal is to let people know the person behind all of those accomplishments. And the more I know about you, the more impressed and honored I am to work with you. Thank you, Dr. Herbst. Thank you, Brenda, and the same back at you. And thank you for tuning into this edition of the Leadership Series sponsored by Lympha Press. If you know someone who deserves the spotlight, you want to find out their backstory and how they got to where they are today, send me an email, bviola at lymphapress.com. I would love to pursue an interview with them as well. And with that, have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again soon. Bye, Dr. Herbst. Bye, Brenda.